forget so many of the movies we did at the beginning. And I'm so like, oh yeah, movies. we did burlesque. Yeah. Remember when we talked about burlesque and then the lake house? Yeah. We were really uh, swinging for the fences on those days. I was. <laughs> didn't turn out so well. No, no, it didn't. But we learned. We learned that burlesque and the lake house are both awesome. Okay. <laughs> but like terrible, but awesome. But terrible. I kind of already forgot that Love Hard exists. Yeah. That movie didn't stay with me. No, no, that one definitely didn't leave a lasting impression. I also forgot about A Simple Favor, and I forgot about Darjeeling Limited. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. I forgot about that one, and then I remembered it. Well, you know what that means, everyone? Welcome to an episode, a very, very special episode of I Love This, You Should Too. This is our 150th-ish episode spectacular. I think it's 151 right now. I think so, But every 50 episodes or so, we do a special awards show. Woohoo! My name is Indy Cumberbund Randawa, and with me is Samantha Ballgown Hees. That is how I am known. Hello. Hi. <laughs> we are members of the Alberta Podcast Network, which is locally grown and community supported. So today, like I said, we are doing our special anniversary episode. I guess this is three years. This is our third one of these, right? Yeah, we're going into season four. Whoa. <laughs> We've been doing this for three years. I know. It kind of seems like longer, but also shorter. I know. And like I Like everything in the world now. I, I listen to a lot of podcasts that have been going for years, like last podcast and that kind of thing. So I don't think 150 episodes is actually that cool. Right. But then I spoke on a panel a couple of weeks ago and like everyone did like a, a full like turn of the head to look at me when I said we were celebrating like 150 episodes. Yeah. We're putting out quality content every week. <laughs> every week. We haven't missed a week yet. No, we haven't. And we had COVID and we've been sick quite a few times and we've moved. So. But you know what? We're still here for you. Yes, we are. Listening audience. Yeah. I'm excited to reminisce about the past 50 episodes. Yeah, we're going to give out awards, go over some stats, and because stats are fun, right? People love hearing stats. Everyone loves statistics. But I think these stats are actually fun. <laughs> they are. No, the, when it's in this context, it's definitely fun because we get to like hear like the oldest movie or like the newest movie or the biggest budget movie we watched. Yeah. Those are all fun. But before we get into that, let's thank our first sponsor of our anniversary episode. And our first sponsor, fitting, is the Alberta Podcast Network itself, which, like we always say, is locally grown and community supported. And it is just that. They are all local podcasts and podcasters. And we're just trying to kind of make a uh, supportive network Mm -hmm. and Part of that is giving a shout out to another podcast that we may be fans of. And one that I like listening to is Three Kitchens. And Three Kitchens is a podcast about home cooking. And the hosts, Heather, Aaron, and Sarah, like to bring in what they might be cooking, what they've eaten, what they've tried. And it's a nice kind of casual talk about food and kind of the communities that food builds. That sounds like a really interesting podcast. And I'm not just talking about them because I like the podcast, but I'm trying to like get in. Maybe they'll give me a guest spot. Oh, yeah. Because I like cooking. I'm a, I'm a solid cook. I'm a novice cook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, so if you're interested, you can find Three Kitchens wherever you're listening to this podcast. At the time of recording, one of the most recent episodes that I listened to is about a Ghanaian peanut stew. Mm. And I got very hungry listening to it. So I think, well, I could just try to make it or maybe I'll be best friends with them and then they can give me some of theirs and then I'll make them, (laughs) I don't know, whatever my good thing is that I make. Fish tacos. I make a decent fish taco. You make very good fish tacos. Yeah. I'm spoiled for fish tacos. (laughs) That's true. We do have that pretty often these days. (laughs) So go check out Three Kitchens and you can go over to albertapodcastnetwork.com and find uh, the full list of all the other shows on the network. All right, Samantha, let's get into it. 150 episodes. First, how do you feel this, uh, let's call it season three, episodes 100 to uh, 50 have gone? I think they went well. This was the season we had COVID, we moved, we are planning a wedding. It's been a crazy season for us, like, personally. And I'm impressed that we just kept up on our episodes. True. How about you? How do you feel about this season? I feel this season isn't the most indicative of my movie tastes. Oh, We started off this podcast with me saying, like, okay, I'm not going to make you watch movies from the 70s constantly. Right. I'll, like, space them out. Zero movies from the 70s this whole season. too far. Yeah. Wow. I think I've been trying to give things that people like a little more. Uh Uh-huh. Like doing some Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse and Muppet Christmas Carol. Although I guess things like I'm a Cyborg, but that's okay, aren't big crowd pleasers. We got introduced to some interesting things that uh, we might not have found if it wasn't for you. But I don't think I did the the classic Indies film school nearly as much as I did in the first two seasons. So I might need to get back into that. But let's get into what the people are really here for. Hardcore statistics! Woo! Woo! Statistics! Statistic me, baby! (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk about our movies. We've, I assume if you're listening to the award show, you know how the podcast works. We take turns picking movies that the other person hasn't seen. We watch them. The end. If this is your first episode, you're going to be real confused. Yeah, this is a weird one. But maybe this is a good one because we don't often talk about the format anymore because we assume everyone knows. Fair. Yes. So of the movies that you picked, they had an average IMDb rating of, do you want to guess? Um, I'm going to say a 6.5. 6.3. Oh, okay. And mine on IMDb, want to guess? 9.7. That's ridiculously high. <laughs> 7.7. So okay. we're, we're quite close. Okay. I, it's closer than I thought we would be. Rotten Tomatoes. What do you think yours is? They're it's like out of 100. percentages, right? Okay. Um, like, I'm going to hedge my bets and say like 68%. And what would you say mine was then? 87. Very close. Oh, really? <laughs> mine, 88. Oh. Your movies, 42. That's not close to 67. No, but this 87, 88. True. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's fair. I feel like I brought some Whoppers in this year. <laughs> Wait, is that, isn't that good? A Whopper? Uh, that means just like a big one. Oh. Like a, the, the sandwich, the burger from Burger King. Or those little multiples. But those oh, aren't that big. I love a big Whopper. Yeah. What's a better word for that? <laughs> some real duds, some real bombs, some real stinkers, <laughs> some real garbage, okay. some real crap. 
some oh. real shit. Okay, stop. <laughs> <laughs> You're making me feel sad now. <laughs> but those, I think, were the most fun ones. Fair. We did have some fun episodes when we uh, both agreed that they were bad movies. Like Burlesque. I love Burlesque. Yeah. It is a terrible movie. I think it I is. gave it a three out of ten. I think you did. <laughs> but I would watch Burlesque again. I also, that's like, it's like a fun background movie. If you're not paying like full attention to it, it's kind of fun. I think you need to pay full attention to that movie. You can't be doing other things. You need to pay attention to how ridiculous <laughs> each thing is. Okay. So this is one of my favorite ones. We, of course, rate all of the movies out of 10. You rated your own movies, the movies you claim to have loved. Yeah. What do you think your average out of 10 is for your own rating? Like a four. And what do you think my ratings for your movies is? Like a two. You rated your own movies that you love 4.5 out of 10 on average. <laughs> I rated your movies 4.2. Oh. So we kind of agreed that your movies were uh, kind of garbage. Bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then my movies that I picked, what do you think you rated those? Um, Like a seven. You think you rated them my movies much better than your own? Yes. What do you think I rated my own? Um, like also seven. Well, I don't rate any of my own under eight because it's all movies I love. Right. Okay. So, um, I rated my own eight point seven five because it's all eight nines and tens right. because I knew I loved those movies. Uh-huh. You rated mine a seven point seven. Oh yeah, because you have better movies than I do. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes, and most importantly, you and I agree that yes, I do have better <laughs> movies. I did budgets as well. My movies had an average budget of only $15 million. Oh, wow. While yours averaged $45 million. I like those big budget whoppers. <laughs> yeah. But fittingly, mine had a much lower box office of an average of $71 million. Yours made an average of $174 million. Wow. Those are some big ones. Those are some, some whoppers. Some whoppers. Some real whoppers. I guess like the Step Up and Princess Diaries, those are kind of ones that would have big box office releases for sure. But you're forgetting the biggest one of all. $407 million in the box office, your pick, Twilight. Oh, I forgot we did Twilight this season. Yeah. Also, somehow, Something's Gotta Give made $270 million. Pete Keanu Reeves. That, okay, first of all, <laughs> not Pete Keanu Reeves at all. Oh, okay. Uh, second, barely in that movie. <laughs> True. And third, I don't think people were going to see Diane Keaton and Jack Nicholson's movie for Keanu Reeves. I did. I think that's an added bonus. <laughs> I definitely saw it because Keanu Reeves was in it. But you've never seen like Bill and Ted or Speed. No. But you've seen Something's Gotta Give for Keanu Reeves playing a doctor who just wears turtlenecks. Yeah. All right. I guess maybe for you, this is Pete Keanu Reeves. I think it is. <laughs> You've never seen Point Break? No. Pete Keanu Reeves. Oh. I also haven't seen any of his more recent stuff. Yeah, you haven't seen John Wick? No. Any of them? I really want to see a John Wick. They're pretty good. Maybe season four is a John Wick season. Just all three of them? Yeah. All right. I'm down. <laughs> 
I thought we were going to continue the Step Up franchise. I think I'm just going to do all Keanu Reeves movies for season four. I am down <laughs> because you haven't seen a bunch of the early ones that That's, I think are very I, good. I feel like I need to complete my repertoire here. You have to see Speed. Yes. Your, your basis of the compatibility of Sandra Bullock and <laughs> Keanu Reeves <laughs> is The Lake House, house. <laughs> which is uh, they're not even in the same place or time. No. And then they do all those weird mouse kisses at the end. <laughs> oh, she's kissing like Ooh. a little hamster right now. Gross. Uh, the lowest budget and box office was Chunking Express because it cost less than a million and made just more than a million. Right. Also, um, probably the greatest movie of all time. <laughs> what? That you gave a seven to? Come on. Yeah. I liked it. But I also feel like it was one of the ones where I was like, I don't feel like it's for me. <laughs> it's for everyone. Okay. It's for lovers. Mm. What state is that? Vermont? Vermont is for lovers? Some state that's just Nebraska? Louisiana. I don't think it's Louisiana. Virginia. Oh, Vermont, Virginia is for lovers. So your lowest rated movies were Save the Last Dance and Uh I'm a Cyborg, but that's okay. I'm a Cyborg is our biggest discrepancy as well. You gave it a two. I gave it an eight. Oh, yeah. See, that's another one that I just feel like I didn't get. It wasn't for me. It was cool. I appreciate it, but uh, yeah, I just didn't really get it, but that's okay. But you clearly didn't appreciate it. You gave it a two out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> My lowest was Something's Gotta Give. I gave it two. And then Save the Last Dance, Twilight, Burlesque, and The Lake House all got threes. <laughs> Real low. You gave only one perfect ten, despite in multiple episodes claiming that that movie were, was a perfect 10. Like in Kiki, you said, this is a 10 out of 10 great movie. And your score, however, 9. No, I gave it a 10. It says 9 on this chart. Let's, okay. Do you want me to change it for you? I'm changing it right now. I totally gave it a 10 because I remember thinking, oh, I gave two 10s this season. And your other perfect 10, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. It was very good. And that is the only movie, I think the second movie ever, that we've both given tens to. The first oh. being My Neighbor Totoro. Oh, Totoro. That's a 10 out of 10. Love Totoro. Love a Totoro. I gave two tens to Spider-Man and Chunking Express. That checks out. I didn't do the average runtime for movies, but I will say the six longest movies we have were all your picks. <laughs> Because I feel like I pick ones that uh, don't know how to edit themselves. And the five shortest movies were my picks. Oh. The shortest being uh, Muppet Christmas Carol, Darjeeling Limited, Beetlejuice were all like 90 minute movies. And the longest movie, inexplicably, something's got to give. It's over two hours long. Did not need to be two hours. Twilight, also over two hours. Simple Favor, Burlesque. Those don't need to be that long. (laughs) We did not bounce around in years nearly as much. Almost everything we did was in the 90s or later. We had a few late 80s and then, of course, uh, Double Indemnity from 1944. Right. But there weren't many of them. No, they were all like 80s and early 2000s. It's always cool to see like the split of like what years and stuff that we do and it's interesting to see how many this time that we picked that were all very much within the same like decade 
Yeah, you did eight movies between 98 and 2006. Huh. So that's really your uh, your time because that's your like high school time, I think, right? Yes, yeah. Um, when I would have started going to see movies. I saw a lot of movies in theaters um, in junior high. Uh, that was like my friend group's Friday night thing was that we'd get dropped off at the movies and we'd get to go and watch a movie together. Um, so I definitely saw a lot of movies then. And I feel like that's reflective of what we watched this season. Mm-hmm. I think I'll try to make a conscious effort to maybe I'll start at the teens and then do one movie per decade or something the or te- go backwards. Like 19 teens or yeah. 20 teens. Oh, I forgot there's 20 teens. Yeah. Now. Well, 1918 and 1919, there were some real good movies. Were there? Oh, yeah. That's like peak Weimar cinema. Oh, okay. Well, I look forward to season four (laughs) and our 1919 average. I keep talking about how like I love all those movies, but I haven't put you through it yet. Mm -hmm. Or the audience, because I was like, I'll do more crowd pleasers and people will listen. Nobody's listening. I should just start doing German silent films. Mm. You don't seem happy about that. (laughs) What types of things that I like and or talk about do you want to see more of? Um, I feel like I'm ready for another 70s movie. Okay. Um, I feel like I'm going to try bring more like classic Keanu Reeves. By classic, you don't mean classic, though. What do you mean by classic? Well, like I want to see Speed and like Point Break. Oh, okay. And, so actually, like, I want to see some of the oh, okay. like original Keanu's. Sure. Um, and like Bill and Ted. Yeah. I think we have to watch that this year. It's good. It holds up. I've seen it quite recently, I think. After the the third one came out, I watched all three. From you, I want to see more cheer and dance movies. I want to do the all the step ups and all the bring it ons. Okay. Because we did one, Bring It On. Yeah. Which is your favorite movie ever. Yes. Then we did part five. Yeah. And you said, I'm sorry, I'm never going to do another one again. <laughs> Although I had really enjoyed watching it. Okay. Well, um, it was terrible. It is terrible. I it's, loved it. They're garbage movies um, after the first one. But uh, I I will take that under advisement. I want some worldwide hashtag cheer smack. Oh, worldwide cheer smack. Yeah. I, uh, I need to watch that one again. I think there's... For this podcast. For this podcast. I think there's a like... Like a... Like an undercover cheer team or something in that movie. How are you an undercover cheer team? I think like it, you're all actual cops pretending to be a cheer team or you're actually a cheer team, but nobody knows you are. Yeah. The second one. How does that work? How do you compete and nobody knows you're a cheer team? It's like a, they, they play it like a terrorist group almost. Cheer well, terrorists. I, all I know is I want to see that. Okay, well, we'll, we'll definitely do worldwide cheer smack on I say this podcast. All of them. We'll see. Because they, we, you have to watch them in order. Of course, They're same n- with the step ups. So the step ups are canon. The uh, bring it ons aren't. How do you mean? Like, there's like a an order you have to watch the step ups in. Yeah, because they. They're all in the same universe. Right. Bring It On isn't. Oh. Bring It On is its own like freestanding movies. Oh, that's less fun. So I feel like every so often someone writes a Bring It On movie and they're like, well, the last one made money or the first one was like blockbuster hit. So we may as well make this one too. Okay. Yeah. So they're not, they're standalone. They're not, they're not all like a universe of Bring It On. 
which is sad. It is. Well, I promise we won't just sit here and chat for the rest of the time. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to do our awards. Awards. I don't even need to put in theme music now because we got that. <laughs> I'm always here to to sing sing words so that we don't need theme music. Are you? Okay. I'm holding you to that. Okay. Could you do a a little jingle for best animal friend? We love kitties. We love puppies. It's time to crown the best one. That was that was great. <laughs> that was just off the top of my head. So there's no reason any of you out there would know this, but I constantly make up songs <laughs> to Samantha's uh, amusement. And then whenever I ask her to do one in exchange, she just won't. So I've had so like that was great. I've had a glass and a half of wine, and I think that's my sweet spot for making up songs. No, it's a uh, seven. It's seven? Yeah, I've, I remember that one night. You were, wow, you were just like... Coming up with songs? Yeah, you were just freestyling. Oh, okay. You were like a young Warren G. I don't think I remember that. But... No, you don't. You didn't recall any of it. <laughs> but our first one, uh, one of our favorite categories of these movies that we have watched, and I believe there's 24 of them, and those movies, starting with Samantha's picks, were... Heather's, Practical Magic, Save the Last Dance, The Princess Diaries, Princess Diaries 2, Something's Gotta Give, Step Up, Step Up to the Streets, The Lake House, Twilight, Burlesque, A Simple Favor, and Love Hard. And mine were Double Indemnity, Beetlejuice, Kiki's Delivery Service, The Muppet Christmas Carol, Cool Runnings, Chunking Express, I'm a Cyborg But That's Okay, The Darjeeling Limited, The Orphanage, Let the Right One In, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, and then a special episode on Bob Marley. Mm-hmm. Wow, we've really covered it all. Really have. But of those movies, Samantha, who was your best animal friend? We'll call this the uh, Wicket Memorial Award. <laughs> um, uh. My best animal friend would be Fat Louie from Princess Diaries 1 and 2. Great pick. Inspired pick. Yeah. Fat Louie, of course, was the cat. He's fat and funny. And funny. And just like kind of grumpy. Yeah. And wears a tiara from time to time. That's right, Fat Louie. What about you, Wendy? Who's your best animal friend? Well, I, of course, had trouble picking, so I have um, nominees and then my winner. Uh, my nominees were Fat Louie. Uh-huh. Jeff the dog from Kiki's Delivery Service. Oh, yeah, yeah. Kermit the frog. Fair. From Muppet Christmas Carol. But I have to give it to Gigi the cat from Kiki's Delivery Service. No surprise there. <laughs> Gigi is great. In my top three talking black cats of all uh, film. Yeah. Very good for that. And Gigi's funny as Phil Hartman. He's funny in the Japanese as well. And Fair. super yeah. cute. I uh, I agree with that one. I, I did think about Kiki, but Fat Louie just wears a tiara too well to not get that award from me. Well, let's do the companion one. Best human friend. Again, I had nominees. Uh -huh. I went with uh, Takeshi Kinoshiro's unnamed character in Chunking Express because he's he's a good guy just trying to do the best he can. When his girlfriend breaks up with him, he calls over there and just talks to her parents because he's like, well, I don't want them to miss me. I kind of <laughs> miss them. I have Anna Kendrick's character from Twilight. Oh. Because she seems very easy to impress. Yeah. Because Bella comes in and she's like, oh, my God, you're so cool and beautiful. You're from, where is she from? Arizona. Arizona? <laughs> How amazing. So everyone needs a friend like that who is just constantly impressed by like the smallest friend. things. Yeah. yeah. 
And I had uh, Miles Morales from Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, yeah. Just a good kid out there trying to do his best. But my winner, we're going back actually to the same movie, and we're going with Kiki from Kiki's Delivery Service. You would be best friends with Kiki. Because Kiki loves hanging out with a cat. Uh Uh-huh. Lives in a bakery. Yeah. So those are my two, like, I would be friends with anyone who had those two. But on top of that, she can fly, has some magical powers, and her biggest power is helping others. And isn't that what you want in a friend? Very true. So Kiki is my best human friend. Oh. Who do you have? Um, I had to give it to Stephanie, played by Anna Kendrick from A Simple Favor. Oh, another Anna Kendrick. She seems very handy to have as a best friend because she can do like pretty much everything as a mom and uh she seems upbeat and nice and uh much like her character in twilight she seems like she'd be a really good hype woman that's a a very good pick in fact the premise of that movie is that she is such a good friend she kind of gets used for that exactly let's move on to the kate hudson memorial award (laughs) and that award is given to a character that you hate, but is not meant to be hated or a villain. <laughs> just someone you just couldn't stand on screen. Well, for this one, and it's always fun to kind of look back and see which characters you really didn't like. Um, I have to give it to Lily from Princess Diaries. Uh, before you even get into it, maybe I'll announce mine. My uh, nominees were Bella yeah. from Twilight. Very annoying. Channing Tatum in Step Up 1. Because you know that that's a charismatic guy, and this movie took all of it out yeah. of him, and all he did was go like, oh, mm. yeah. he's just like a, a, a sullen 13-year-old, but giant, and wore giant clothes. But giant, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, of course, I had to give it to Lily from Princess Diaries. Oh, I, I like, agree. so we don't discuss who we're nominating beforehand. This is the first time we're hearing each other's picks, and I think it's funny that we both picked Lily. She was very hateable. She was, and she's supposed to be such... A good friend. She's the opposite of that. She is the opposite. She sucks and she is not like self-aware enough to realize how much she sucks. And I never want to badmouth actors, especially when they're young, but she was she was bad She's in that. She's bad, yeah. Yeah. Everything she said was in caps and had exclamation marks at the end. And it didn't seem to stem from the scene. Her reactions never seemed appropriate to what no. was going on. She was like acting inside a vacuum. Well, we all hate Lily, but let's go on to one that was very hard this season. Yeah, we didn't watch a lot of movies with this in it. No, and it is the John Hamm Award for Best Cameo. Did you have a winner? I didn't. I don't have nominees. I only have one winner, and it's Bill Murray in Darjeeling Limited. Bill Murray is going to be in all of Wes Anderson's movies, even if it's just for a minute. And in this one... He is running for a train. He doesn't get it. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. I was struggling. I like literally Googled every single movie that we watched this season, and I could not find a good cameo. Yeah, we didn't have many cameos, but I love Bill Murray. He is one of my top five favorite actors ever. Hmm. And anytime you get to see him, it's good. All right, let's go to, what should we call this award? The Indian Samantha Award for (laughs) Best Couple? Yes, (laughs) because we are. We're the best. So best couple in any of these movies. Who do you have? I 
couldn't find one. You couldn't find one? No. Oh, I thought you were going to say you couldn't narrow it down. I struggled with this one. So I'm interested to hear yours and maybe I will pick one of them. Oh, okay. So my nominees, Il-Soon and Young-Goon from I'm a Cyborg, but that's okay. Uh-huh. You get a couple of people very unbalanced in different ways, kind of learning and helping each other. You have Ile and Oscar from Let the Right One In. Mm. They're both 13, but one's also maybe 300. (laughs) There's some interesting ideas of whether or not there is actual affection there. Maybe Mm. one is just using the other. Both very good performances, though. Fair. You also have Tony Leung's unnamed cop character and Faye Wong who just plays a character named Faye from Chungking Express. How could you not pick them? Because they're both adorable. Tony Leung is super handsome and uh, a good guy. Faye Wong is super charming and cute. But instead, I'm going with, from Beetlejuice, Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin. Oh. Because they are a good couple. They are. They are perfect for each other in life. There's some hints that they've tried to have a child and it didn't work out. But rather than that filling them with sorrow, they just realize like, you know what? That's going to make us stronger because what we have is each other. Mm. And it continues on after death. They die and then they're still in love. And uh, they seem like they'll be in love forever because now they are ghosts haunting that house and they seem happy about it. I think I have to agree with you because, yeah, they do. They seem like they're in love. They seem to work really well together. They um, are just adorable. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, if you're still good after you die, then why wouldn't you stay together forever? Yeah. They're like, uh, till death do us part? No thanks. We'll just keep going. <laughs> we'll just keep going. No more parting. Well, maybe you have something more for this one then. Let's go to... The Rhett and Scarlet Award for Worst Couple. Who did you hate? Um, For this one, I picked Tyler and Nora from Step Up One because they had inexplicable arguments and uh, just like didn't communicate properly. And that was like the whole conflict of the movie was just them not communicating. And... Very forgettable pair together, which is yeah, especially surprising because they fell in love and got married. On the set of this movie. No chemistry. No chemistry at all. And they just like, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. So I uh, I picked them because they had no chemistry, even though they had chemistry in real life. And uh, like all of their disagreements and all of the conflict in this movie could have been like remedied by just like communicating yeah that's romantic movies of the last 20 years though very they can't make actual conflict so they just have people get upset about nothing that's very true it's annoying so indy what was yours well my nominees are mia thermopolis and that grungy m&m kid who has like just handfuls of m&ms inside his guitar no, it was on his keyboard. Oh, on his keyboard, whatever. In his pockets, they're just falling out of his ears. Just M and M's everywhere, and he, he's gross. To fall out of my ears. I don't think you do. It sounds scary. Yeah, it does. <laughs> uh, we have Christina Aguilera and that pajama boy from Burlesque. Oh, pajama who has like boy. a sexy pajama striptease? Yes. They were terrible. I hated both of them, but mm. I also really liked watching them on screen. <laughs> We have the very problematic pairing in Save the Last Dance, 
I've forgotten the characters' names, but I didn't like them. Those two. Yeah. I didn't mind the guy. He was fine. I didn't like Julia Stiles' character. No. She's a bit of a dick. Too much of a dick. But my winners, people who had proven screen chemistry, but then what do we do when we get in them in a movie together again? Keep them apart for the entire movie. <laughs> oh, I knew who won this one. Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock for The Lake House. Oh, yeah. If you're not familiar, you should go out and watch The Lake House because it's a romance about people who are not in the same time, but somehow communicate through instant text messages, but they're actually paper letters that go through a time-traveling mailbox. I love yes, a time-traveling mailbox. that is actually the premise of this movie. It's very strange. And then they also could have solved their problems very easily by communicating, despite the fact that they are constantly writing to each other. They never just say, like, hey, here's my phone number. Yeah. These dummies. And then it takes them four years to meet, and when they do, they have the grossest kissing ever. <laughs> You were like really upset about that. It's watch it. It's we're, gross. It was gross. It's gross. There you go. <laughs> gross kissing. That means Keanu and Sandra win. I was just looking. There's no real order to these, and they probably should have been in a different order because now we're doing best performance. <laughs> oh, which is like a real award. Should we I have save that called, one for the last? Nah, let's okay. just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> which I have called the Audrey Hepburn Memorial Award. Fair. So for this one, I had to give it to Michael Caine as Ebenezer Scrooge in A Muppet Christmas Carol because he was like the only human in that movie. And he went for it. He, he was played it just as good as Michael Caine could. Yeah. If he were doing this on stage in London, he would give the same performance. And I think that's what the strength of that movie was. Yeah. Yeah, he's one of my nominees. My other ones were Michael Keaton as Beetlejuice. Mm -hmm. Not a big role, but uh, very funny. Tony Leung in Chungking Express, because he's my favorite actor, and that's my favorite movie. <laughs> but I think I'm going to give it to Belen Rueda in El Orfanato, The Orphanage. Oh. She is the lead of that movie, and she's the emotional core of that movie, and she has to do a lot of work because she is playing a mother whose child is missing, which is a very strenuous performance to mm -hmm. give, and she does it. She nails it. I think that is the strength of that movie, and when you have a horror movie and you have it deeply rooted in reality through performance like that, it lets all of those supernatural things have more feasibility and uh, shine. So that's my best performance. Oh, I like that. That I agree. She I agree with good. that. That was very, very good. All right. Now, the Jimmy Fallon Award for Worst Performance. <laughs> Indy, who you got? Well, my nominees, Robert Pattinson as Edward Cullen. Uh-huh. Channing Tatum as uh, Tyler, Tyler Gage. Gage. <laughs> Both of them very bad. Yes. Both of them capable of so much more. Like both fantastic actors now. Like I don't understand what happened. And that holds true for my winner, Kristen Stewart as Bella Swan. That's very interesting you say that because I also picked Kristen Stewart as Bella Swan. She was terrible. She and we was don't terrible. want emails about like, oh, but did you see her in this? We're not talking about that. No. We're talking about this movie and she was garbage. And I believe in that episode we both said both of these actors have gone on to do really interesting, like, thought-provoking roles. And neither of them, Sean, in this movie. In this one, she just um, 
tisks and just does a lot of it's just a lot of that. Yeah. So much. Lots and of eye rolling. It was is painful to watch. It was. If I knew a person like that, I would hate them. Mm, me too. And then you could say, oh, maybe that's what they're going for. But everyone in this movie inexplicably thinks she's the greatest thing ever. Right? Oh my God, you're from Arizona? You're so cool. You're so pretty. Ugh. I can't stay away from you because you're, you're so, so pretty. Charming. Yeah. Oh, I, um... It's, I don't like uh, cold uh, wet things. She sounds like she has a stomach ache all the time. Yeah. Or like she's like about to sneeze. Yeah. <laughs> or throw like, up. She's like, mm, hang on. Like when you like just I stop talking. She's about to everything. She's about to sneeze, throw up, and poop. She's not sure what's going to happen. One of those things is going to happen. And she's like, well, if I do too much, any one of them yeah. can happen. And I don't know which one it's going to be. So she's huh. that's, that's she's trying to contain all of very that. Very good way to put it. Because, yeah, she's like not sure what's going to happen, but she knows something's going to happen. It's not going to be good. Yep. That's fair. I had a break here for our couple argument. Because every <laughs> year we take to this to air one of our grievances. <laughs> But our grievances are always like, the first one was you claim that in a fruit salad, all fruits taste the same. Yes. Which is madness because they are different fruits. I still A grape is that. not an apple, is not a strawberry. No, they all taste the same. There's, There's like fruit taste. I feel like my <laughs> cooking is being wasted on you. No. Because you're like, I don't all taste the same. I can taste everything else. It's just like, there's like, it all oozes together and no. then it just tastes like fruit. I think last year's was about blowing your nose, how uh-huh. you refuse to blow your nose and have never done it. Yeah. That's odd. And But I don't really have one this year. I guess last night I'd said something about a person being named Gina. And you're like, that's not a name. No one's named Gina. So um, <laughs> Gina Davis, we just talked about. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Are you Gina Gershon? Okay, I take it back. Uh, oh, all right. I won this year's <laughs> annual couple argument. People are, in fact, named Gina. <laughs> <laughs> That was the easiest, uh, easiest <laughs> argument I've ever won. Good job. Because I just had to list a few genus. Yeah. It was a very odd stance for you to take. It was, and I don't remember why I took that stance. You're but... just adamant that nobody's named Gina. <laughs> that I just made that up. I plead a temporary insanity. <laughs> oh, this is a fun category. Who would you least want to be haunted by? Oh, can I go first? You can. Um, I said the Heathers. Oh, that's good. Because it's like bullying, but they're dead and you can't do anything about it. And you know the three of them would get together. Yeah. They'd all like work together and make your life hell. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. My nominees were Beetlejuice. Uh-huh. Because he he does haunt people and it's very bad for them. I thought about that, but that was too on the nose, I think, for me. My other nominee was Christina Aguilera from Burlesque. Because <laughs> just imagine this. You wake up at night. You hear something. You go down the stairs and all you hear is. <laughs> You're like, oh my God, what was that? And then you think that's it? No, the singing goes on. <laughs> that one note lasts for 36 seconds. Yeah. Just keeps going. Yeah. I think I'd rather just screaming yeah. than Christina Aguilera doing like vocal runs. But my winner uh-huh. from Something's Gotta Give. <laughs> Crying Diane Keaton. <gasps> yes, because she like she scream cries. 
if you've never seen uh, Crying Diane Keaton from that movie, there's a sequence where she scream cries for three minutes, and it's funny. It's alarming. Yeah. So it would just be that. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be worse than Moaning Myrtle. I get crying that. Crying Diane. Fair. Ooh. How about the Sixth Sense Award for Biggest Surprise? Oh, um, I had a hard time with this one because we didn't have a lot of like twist movies. Uh, so I gave it to Bob Marley because I didn't know about his life and I was very surprised to learn about it. You didn't know that the CIA tried to kill him. Yeah. Don't trust the CIA. That's a twist. Yeah. Biggest twist of the season, I'd say. That the CIA often tries to kill people who promote love and acceptance. Shame on you, CIA. Just saying. Shame on you. Oh, there you go. Now now you're on notice. <laughs> Samantha shamed you publicly on this podcast that is lis- listened to by literally tens of people. <laughs> so I'm now scared. they're going to be... Am I going to be on a watch list You now? are. Oh, no. Yeah, you're not going to be able to fly anywhere. It's going to be really hard to get on a plane now. <laughs> uh, my nominees were The Changing Quality of uh-huh. A Simple Favor. Right. I loved some of that movie. Yeah. I did not love all of it. No. It, got, it was uneven. It was very uneven. It wasn't written properly or edited properly. Maybe. Uh, the amount of rampant student murder in Heathers. Uh-huh. But I went with the fact that Step Up 2 has a inspirational speech about how private school kids should be able to take whatever they want from the urban youth of Baltimore. <laughs> yeah. And it was their pro-cultural appropriation speech. And everyone's like, yeah, that's the best. And then they all applaud. <laughs> yeah. So that was that was an odd thing to see in that movie. It was an odd movie. choice. Yeah. So one of my favorite categories, because we usually are eating a meal while we're watching our movies, is uh, the Most Delicious Food Award. So mine went to... An entire movie, which was Something's Gotta Give, because they had pancakes, handmade pasta, and a full farmer's market full of cheese and vegetables. And uh, I was sufficiently hungry throughout the entire thing because everything looked so delicious. I did, in fact, forget about this, but (laughs) off the top of my head, I got to give an honorable mention to the Italian food that they cook for Bella in Twilight because they're like, her name's Bella. She's Italian, I assume, and therefore loves pasta. (laughs) And she didn't even get to eat any of that. No, because she's like, oh, I ate before I came. Because you folks don't eat because you're vampires. Which is like a fair assumption on her part. Yeah. Another honorable mention to all of the baked goods in Kiki's Delivery Service. Yes. Really all Miyazaki food. If Spirited Away was here, that would win, clearly, because Uh Miyazaki food is great. But I am going to give it to all the takeout food from Chunking Express. Oh, fair. Yeah, there was a lot of food in that movie. So... Whenever I watch it, I want to eat a can of pineapple because that's such a big thing in yeah. that movie. But I love that one sequence when Takeshi Karen and Shiro orders, I think, like three hamburgers and two chef salads up yeah. to the room while uh, Bridget Lynn is sleeping. And that makes me very hungry for that kind of food. Yeah, I would totally eat all that food in that movie. Let's give the, the best audio award the conversation Memorial Award. 
Because conversation we'll watch... is dead? No, maybe we'll... Uh, the movie, The Conversation. Oh. It's about... Um, maybe we'll watch it this season. Okay. It's a Gene Hackman movie. It's about audio a lot of the time. Oh, okay. Indy, who are your runners up for this? Well, you have Beetlejuice. Uh-huh. A great score by Danny Elfman and sometimes over-the-top sound effects that kind of suit that world. Yes. Chunking Express. I love that score. It's it's beautiful. It fits that movie. It because of this movie, that's the sound of Hong Kong to me now. Oh. But my winner, based largely on the soundtrack, is the Darjeeling Limited. It was a good soundtrack. Very good soundtrack. I it's one of the I don't own a lot of soundtrack albums, but I have that one. There, of course, there's great things like the kinks on there, but he also managed to incorporate a lot of uh, 1950s Indian music that mm-hmm. suits it very well. Yeah, some of that stuff is is really good. And I remember uh, they go to like a like a Sikh Gurdwara and there was a song that plays and I was like, I know that song. That's my jam. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's my favorite one from Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> so Darjeeling wins mine. How about you? Um, I had to give it to Bob Marley. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that fits. (laughs) Um, There's so much music that I don't always, like, cognizantly remember is Bob Marley. And so much of it um, I, like, learned the deeper meaning of. And I think that audio really stuck with me uh, for a couple weeks after recording that episode. Nice. I'm glad that... uh... You enjoyed that episode. I felt like the ones, it's kind of just me talking. So yeah. I, you don't get the same feedback as much. So I don't know if those ones are uh, are as good. Well, so you know I, I love a PowerPoint. That's true. Should <laughs> I do one musician per season, perhaps? Sure. All right. Should I do a musician? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see when you're ready for your Taylor Swift episode. Oh, the, I feel like I have to start. See, it's a lot of pressure to do something like that. It right? is. That's why I still can't do like Taxi Driver on the show because it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure and yeah. a lot of like prep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now let's go to the Blade Runner Award for Best Visuals. Mm-hmm. Who do you have, Sam? Uh, I gave it to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse just for the amount of different um, like animation styles with all the different Spider-Man May I stop you right there because I'll join in? Okay. <laughs> uh, my nominees, Wes Anderson's Darjeeling Limited. Yes, I did consider that Beautiful one. Beautiful composition, colors, everything. Everything you come to expect from Wes Anderson. Wong Kar Wai's Chunking Express. Uh-huh. Another beautiful looking movie. So much natural light and much less artifice than what Wes Anderson does, but to a similar effect. Mm -hmm. Because he does do some things, like all of that time-stepping, that blurry stuff he does. But it, again, it feels like Hong Kong to me. This movie is what most encapsulates that place to me. And I think to a lot of people. But I agree, how can you not Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse? I just loved the... um commitment to preserving the cartoon styles of the different spider people yeah because if when you were pitching this you say like oh no spider ham is going to be a cartoon like a straight up 2d cartoon pig yeah people are like no you can't just do that the whole time and it's like a very 3d looking movie to begin with yeah and then you get yeah like spider-man and spider noir is that 
Oh, yeah, Spider-Man Noir. Yeah. Which was great. And they, yeah, they commit to each one. And you get like an anime style. Like, mm-hmm. I really loved that just because of the drawings of those characters. Yeah. And that is like 10% of what makes that movie visually oh, exactly. amazing. Yeah. Every frame is worthy of being framed and put on your wall. Yeah. It looks so good. So many different art styles. So much attention to detail. They're drawing inspiration from old-timey comic books with the dots. Mm -hmm. They have the curvy crackle. Things go out of focus at certain times, and that's mirroring his own spider sense. There's just so much. But go listen to that episode, because we could just talk about that for so long. I think we did for like two hours that episode. That's maybe our longest episode ever. Yeah. It was, uh, we just couldn't stop going on and on about how much we liked it. It was so good. Let's go to one of my other favorite awards. Which world would you most like to live in? Cool Runnings. We kind of do. So. (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, I get what you're saying. Go on. Go on. I want to live in that, like, hopeful, fun, competitive environment. It's our world, but a little bit nicer, a little more Disney. It's a little, it's a little more Disney, and you know I love Disney, so That's true. <laughs> I think I would like to live in the Cool Runnings world of that like '88 Olympics with the Disneyfication. Yeah, much less drug scandals and more inspirational slow claps. Yeah, that's what the Olympics need. That's what. Who's next? Like Paris or someone? Yeah, their slogan should be. Fewer drug scandals, more inspirational slow claps. Yeah. That's what I want from the Olympics. I want one every single day. One inspirational slow slow clap or one drug scandal? Uh, Inspirational slow clap per day of the Olympics. I wonder if they'll stop being effective at that point. Maybe. That's why I was thinking not like every event, but like, or sport. Yeah, just one a day. You just like pick one sport. 15 every two years. That's pretty good. Yeah. All right, I'm in. Okay, great. What uh, what do you got for which world would you like to live in? Which world, indeed. Uh, my first nominee, <laughs> Kiki's Delivery Service. Fair. Which is a beautiful world. Everyone's a little bit nicer. Witches are real. It's just a more wonderful world. Definitely a runner-up for me. Uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Because... The gates to the multiverse are open, so there's literally infinite possibilities. Uh huh. Oh man, maybe I just talked myself into that. Infinite possibilities is pretty sweet. <laughs> but I went with my favorite movie, Chunking Express. Ah. I think I gave a much more well worded answer at the end of that episode, but I talked about how this movie is realist in a lot of ways Uh people are being murdered there is crime there's like a kidnapped child in that movie but on the other side there's also just more beauty in the everyday right there is more whimsy things don't always work out but it seems like they work the way they should a little bit oh that's nice and it's just a world that is very similar to ours but everything's just a little bit more meaningful and a little bit more beautiful. Oh, that's nice. So I think that would be the world to go into. Oh, that's good. I like that. Oh, we only have two left. Our final two categories. So let's start off with the Bride Wars Memorial Award <laughs> for Worst Film. 
I had to give this to Save the Last Dance because it did not age well at all. How so? Um, I think the way that we approach uh, race in movies is uh, a lot better now. Uh, so this one definitely did not do itself any favors and uh, kind of was very stereotypical when it approached um, like white people versus black people. It was rough to watch. It was very rough to watch. I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm not going to say anything. Go listen to the episode. I complain <laughs> a lot on that. It was rough. <laughs> so, Andy, who you got for worst film of the season? Well, the nominees are Twilight, a tale about a pale preppy in love with a loaf of bread. <laughs> Save the last dance. A tale of a loaf of bread who goes to an urban school and learns to be street. Yeah. They just had no charisma, those two. No charisma. Loaves of bread. But my winner, Something's Gotta Give. Mm. An inexplicably successful movie where everyone wears beige turtlenecks. (laughs) I think only one of the characters actually wears a turtleneck. Diane Keaton does. Keanu Reeves does. Oh, yeah. It's two. Diane Keaton also wears 19 of them. (laughs) <laughs> true she she had the clothing budget for that yeah it was all turtlenecks and we had to see a turtleneck cut off of her too oh yeah right. so yeah something's gotta give my least favorite of the year that is fair because save the last dance and twilight they're kind of bad enough to be fun yeah there's nothing fun about it's kind of gotta give. fun to watch them yeah like again burlesque a joy to watch <laughs> I would watch it right now. Would you? It's it's so fun. Yeah. Such a bad movie. Right. Very fun. Fair. Okay. It is the final award of the evening or morning, depending on when you're listening to this. <laughs> uh, Indy, who is your best film of the season? Well, I only gave two perfect tens. So my runner-up. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, okay. a movie that works on so many levels, a movie that is important and significant culturally, mm-hmm. visually astounding and groundbreaking, and then just a great story that teaches great lessons throughout. Mm-hmm. Go listen to that episode. I think it's a very good one. But my winner, the movie which after watching it for this, I now claim is my favorite film ever made, Wong Kar Wai's Chungking Express. Oh. I feel like trying to say why right here is is not something I could do because it's just so good. But we did a full episode on it, so you can go listen to that. Exactly. All I could say is expertly directed and acted, beautiful score and Mm -hmm. soundtrack, visually stunning, super low budget, offbeat in uh, the most wonderful way. Somehow it goes between a cutesy romantic comedy to a um, mysterious crime drama and just kind of everything in between. It's a very unique and stunning movie in a lot of ways. Yeah. I uh, I had a runner-up for this one, and it was Kiki's Delivery Service mm-hmm. because it was just like a wonderful movie. And I think because it was the last one that we did, it was uh, very fresh in my mind. True. And it was one that I gave a 10 to, but I have to give it to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse for all the reasons that you said, as well as um, I was just like excited to learn about um, like the Spider-Man franchise of the past 
mm-hmm. and um, different kind of offshoots like Spider Ham and uh, Spider Man Noir and the um, oh I can't remember now Penny the, Parker Penny Parker and yeah so like that was really fun to kind of get into and it was almost like. I continued enjoying the movie after we watched it because I was reading about all these different characters. Yeah, that's definitely one that stays with you. Yeah. And part two, On Its Way. Ah. I didn't realize this. One of my friends, her husband is working on it. So she like put out this little trailer of little things he's working on. And I was like, oh, I know what that's from. I know what this is. So I was very excited. That's so cool. So uh, just go listen to all of those episodes. Yeah. Because they were good. Yeah, absolutely. And we had a lot of fun this season watching some uh, really interesting movies and some not so interesting movies. And some that are so terrible that they're extra interesting. (laughs) Exactly. Well, Samantha, this brings us pretty much to the end. So let's call it year four. Year four. Where do we go from here? What do you want to see in year four? I think I want to see some completion of series. Okay. Uh, I'd like to see more older movies. Gotcha. I'd like to explore more decades. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'd like to uh, see more Miyazaki. All right. But you only get one a year. I know. Or else we'd get three of them too quickly. I know. I'm trying to figure out where I should go next. Because I think my favorite is Totoro. Uh-huh. I think the best is Spirited Away. I think for ones I like, maybe next in line would be Porco Rosso, Uh but that is not the popular uh, choice. I think even ahead of uh, Kiki, you'd have things like Princess Mononoke. Maybe we should be doing that. Some of those big ones, big Mm -hmm. action adventures. Again, all the Miyazaki's pretty much. I just seen the one time, so. Oh, I'm excited. It's rediscovering. I'm very excited. So I want to get into older movies more Uh often yeah i think i want to do more genre stuff i think i was doing a lot of picks that are like well everyone can like this movie right and then the weirdest thing well maybe outside of uh, cyborg was like beetlejuice but that's still very accessible very hollywood so we're going to film school this week well maybe not even maybe because i talk about certain movies like um spider-verse is peak that type of animation right right and I think Chunking Express is uh, like peak art house. Right. I think Double Indemnity is peak noir. Mm-hmm. I think we should explore more genres. Like what about cheesy sci-fi? Oh. Can you have a peak of something that is inherently like not a good genre? Right. I'd argue Fifth Element. Oh. Peak cheesy sci-fi. Mm. What about like peak 80s slasher horror? We haven't even done Nightmare on Elm Street on this yet. Oh. So I think genre. Less just good movie and getting into some. I haven't done a musical yet. Oh, yeah. We need more musicals this season, I think. I think more genre films. More genre. Okay. I'm into it. And uh, you out there, tell us. What do you want to see? Because uh, we'll just do it. Yeah. Like, tell us your favorite movie. What do you love that we should love, too? Or that we should at least watch and tear apart after yeah it's gonna be one or the other yeah and if you just say like hey um i think you should do all of the nightmare on elm streets for the entire month of october okay <laughs> we're very easily swayed we are we are it and we often having to make decisions we often struggle so <laughs> let's uh let's hear from you guys our valued listeners yeah yeah come on 
Hold, pull your weight. Yeah, You're come on, guys. For us. What? We just give you episodes and you do nothing with them? Yeah, they, people love when we yell at them, right? <laughs> Get on it, people. You. Yeah, right now. They're like, me? Yeah, you. Yeah, you. Tell us what you want to watch. That's right, Kim. <laughs> oh, we're talking right to Kim. <laughs> so our second sponsor of the episode is the Alberta Treasury Branch and their podcast, The Future Of, which is hosted by Todd Hirsch, TB Financial's Vice President and Chief Economist. The Future Of podcast has launched its third season by connecting with industry leaders to uncover what's going on on the horizon for things that mean the most to you. The Future Of podcast promises to give you insights to help navigate what's coming in an often uncertain future. Explore how our economy and communities can not only brace for change, but embrace the opportunity that it creates. You can subscribe to The Future Of in the Apple Store, Google Play, and Spotify, and wherever you're listening to our podcast right now. And you can connect with them at atb.com slash thefutureof. All right. And what are we going to be getting into next week? Um, something fun, I think. Okay. I kind of meant more the format of this podcast. And we'll be returning back to normal next week where each of us will have a spoiler-free thing of the week. Something we're reading or watching that we recommend to you. And then Samantha will let us know what we're going to watch for the big watch the week after that. Yes. And what we will be... Which is going to be fun, I hear. It's going to be super fun, I hope. I hope there's dancing in giant pants. We'll see. <laughs> that could be a couple different series of movies that That's I've true. watched. So. I had, uh, I think, five episodes laid out of what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. And last week brought us to the end of those five. So I have to kind of oh, find gotta, some new ones again. Got to do some planning. I do have a list of like 40 on my phone right now. <laughs> I know you do. You You have had a list of movies since we started this movie podcast. Uh, yeah, you should too. <laughs> I'm prepared. You should too. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Maybe this is the season where I finally plan everything out. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all for listening and uh, getting us to 150 episodes. But like Samantha contends, you didn't help out at all. So start. Come on. Whoa. That's what she said. That's what Samantha wow. is. When does this come out? Are you still Samantha Hees? I am still Samantha Hees for another two weeks. And then she's changing it to Laura Hees. (laughs) (laughs) Name. I can see you being a Laura. Name to be determined. (laughs) TBD. Um, Yes, I am still Samantha Hees for another two weeks, and we will see you. And I'm still Indy Randall. (laughs) We'll see you next week, everyone. Bye. Some jerks. Condo jerks. You know them. Oh, I do know. Bunch of jerks. So many jerks. Just jerks everywhere. <laughs>